What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, August 1st. Devin Archer testifies that Joe Biden was involved in more than 20 business calls with Hunter Biden. LeBron James's I Promise School has not been able to produce a single student who can pass a math test. Cardi B fires a microphone at a fan and a naked woman in San Francisco is running down the highway shooting people at random. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. What's doing, everybody? I'm Alec Lace, and for the last five years, I've hosted an award-winning podcast called First Class Fatherhood. For the most part, I've done my best to keep politics out of the conversation, but I cannot do that anymore. That is why I've decided to launch a new show, The Alec Lace Show. So hit the follow button, and let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. And if you could, share this live broadcast with as many people as you can if you're watching here on Rumble. Last week, I had the, the most watched episode ever here on Rumble. My interview with DC Drano caught about 45,000 views here on Rumble. I can't say thank you enough for those of you who have been busy sharing these broadcasts. Now, it seems like I do a bit better here on Rumble when I have a guest on. Rumble seems to favor that. They put me on the editor's picks a few times, and that really seems to get the ball rolling here. So I need you guys this time. It's just me talking the story. So I'm really going to need you just to help me with the sharing at this point. Uh, so hit the like button down there, comment if you can, and, and do your part. I'm so grateful for all you guys who have done uh, your, your part so far. Uh, it really goes a long way to help me out here. Again, uh, just before I jump into the stories, I am getting closer and closer to the day I jump into the Hudson River and swim across from New Jersey to New York with a whole bunch of Navy SEALs, other combat veterans, and so many great American patriots in honor of all those lost on 9-11, as well as the Navy SEALs honoring their brothers who died on Extortion 17. So I'm trying to do my best to fundraise for the Navy SEAL Foundation. That's the reason why they're doing all this. All the money goes right to the Navy SEALs, their families, their fallen brothers. Uh, So if you could... Help me out. You'll find my campaign down in the link below. Uh, It's my campaign that I'm raising money for the Navy SEAL Foundation. So all that money goes directly to the Navy SEAL Foundation. Any help will be greatly appreciated. And thank you to those who have donated. The swim will be August 19th. It'll be covered on Fox News, Newsmax, the whole bit. uh, In my opinion, it's the most patriotic event in New York City all year long. So if you've never checked it out, don't forget August 19th. Link down in the description for more details. All right, so let's jump into this. Devin Archer became the most Googled person on the internet yesterday. He was the top trend on Twitter for most of the day. The majority of the day, he was the number one trend. Uh, he Now, who is Devin Archer? According to Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden calls him his best friend in business. Those are his words. I should say uh, Devin Archer was Hunter Biden's best friend. I don't think that would be the case after what went down yesterday. There was a closed door meeting where Devin Archer testified before the House committee. Right before we get into this, why a closed door hearing? This drives me absolutely bananas. Nothing that happens with Donald Trump is done behind closed doors. We see the whole process play out. Why in the world don't they have this guy on the stand for everybody to see? They don't do that. So what do we get? 
we get both sides of what was said. He said this. She said that. Uh, that's what we get. We get Democrats telling you what they think of what he said. We get the Republicans saying what they think of what he said. I don't like the optics of this. Put the damn thing on TV for everybody to watch and draw to their own conclusions. I don't like the way this was done. I would imagine it was something where this guy, Devin Archer, tells McCarthy, hey, look, if uh, if it's not behind closed doors, then I ain't going to testify. Maybe he tried to do that. But I don't know why they didn't have another ball to pull or they couldn't have just done something to get this thing out in the open. That's point one. That really bothers me. All right, so who is the Devin Archer? He's Hunter Biden's best friend in business. In 2014, both Hunter and this guy, Devin Archer, uh, become on the they, they, are, they join the board of Burisma. All right. That, the Burisma is a Ukrainian energy company. That's what it is. Now, the two co-founders of Burisma, I'm not even going to try to say their names here. The, the, the two co-founders of the Burisma company, which is a Ukrainian energy company, they pressured Hunter Biden to get help from Washington, D.C. to fire a prosecutor who was investigating Burisma for corruption. All right. So the only reason why Hunter is brought in to sit on his board is because of his direct ties to the White House. He has no background whatsoever in energy. He has no business being there other than his name. That's been established. He's getting $83,000 a month to sit on the board for Burisma. But he's really there because he has direct access to the White House, his father, who was the vice president at the time. Okay, now, Biden swore up and down that he never had any idea that his son was even on the board of Burisma. He had no idea of any of Hunter Biden's meetings. He never knew a damn thing. I don't know nothing about nothing. That was according to Joe Biden. And he told us that over and over again. Here's some of that footage. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business yes, dealings? Yes, I stand by that statement. I did not know he was on the board of that company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. Over and over again, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't talk about it. Uh, that We keep that separate. That's our personal life and our and our political life separate. Okay. well, now we come to find out Devin Archer testifies that that's not the case. He says that Joe Biden was on speakerphone in more than 20 business meetings with Hunter Biden. So why why are you putting your dad on speakerphone in a business meeting? If he if you know, first of all, that you guys always keep everything separate, according to Joe Biden and his son, this is the way we always play it. Business is business, personal is personal. So why is his son putting his father on a speakerphone when it's business? If that's the rule of the house, the rule of the house is, hey, we're talking business. We, I don't talk to my father about that. Why is he putting him on speakerphone? Well, you got to listen to this bullshitter on the Democrat side, Dan Goldman, explain this. And this is the reasoning why he, how he interpreted the testimony that he heard behind closed doors. Take a listen. Confirm, you're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there is no specifics about business. It just seemed like it was clear that it was clear that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father 
um, and it was and and sounds as like most of the time uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello, uh, and he would you know talk about the the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how uh, how what's going on on your end. He the the witness was very very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. All right. So according to this guy, you heard from him, Dan Goodman, the Democrat, Hunter Biden is at a business dinner. He calls his dad, puts his dad on speakerphone, doesn't tell his dad who's in the room. According to, uh, to with the testimony, he, Joe Biden didn't even know who was in the room. He has no idea. So Hunter Biden calls his dad, puts him on speakerphone, and just asks him about the weather. Oh, gee, dad, how's the weather over there? So he's at this business dinner, business meeting, calls his dad, puts him on speaker. Don't tell him who's in the room and asks him about the weather. That, that's the play we're going with here. So it had nothing to do about business. All right, now this guy Goldman is pressured on this, and his response is far worse. Listen. Saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates? Clearly he talked, whether about the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict him? I don't know what his comment is, and if we're going to... Well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, is he supposed to say, hi, son? No, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with. The son is at dinner with, and that is literally all the evidence is. Is he is he not supposed to just say hello to the? Isn't that impolite? You just said two seconds ago that Joe Biden had no idea who was in the room. He didn't know who was there. You just said he uh, Joe Biden didn't even know who was in the room. He didn't even know who was there. Just talking to weather. Well, if he doesn't know who's there, how does he know who to say hello to? Why should he? How does he even say hello? He's on speakerphone. Ac- according to you, he don't even notice anybody else in the room. So it's impolite to not say hello. Say hello to who? This it makes no sense. The guy is obviously there because now this is obviously a cover up. We've seen the clip. That go, that's been played over and over again about Biden blackmailing uh, in order to get the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma fired. He threatened to hold money. He threatened them. Oh, I'll call, look, uh, look, look at my watch here. If the money's not there, if the, if the prosecutor's not fired, the money ain't going to be there. This guy strong armed them and admitted it. Now they say, oh, that was the same policy as uh, America had. That was the same policy as the EU had. So Trump, now see, this is how Trump gets set up. Trump asks Zelensky to look into this corruption. Hey, could you check to see if there's something there? Joe Biden's got his son sitting on a board of energy, has no idea about energy, doesn't belong there. He's getting $83,000 a year. And all of a sudden, there's word of corruption in the Burisma board that he's sitting on. The whole company is stinks of corruption. Then the prosecutor in investigating the corruption is fired. Could you take a look into that? But what Trump didn't know was that Zelensky's in on it here with Biden. 
Trump wasn't aware of that. And so they impeached Trump for it. They impeached him for asking to look into this corruption that obviously went on. So with Trump, it was a setup. With Biden, it's a cover-up. That's the takeaway here. Biden is being covered up. The whole Biden family, and they're going through painstaking, painstaking hoops to make sure they cover this up. They, they told you that the laptop, that thing was bogus. Biden, during the, uh, during the debates with Trump, oh, there was 50 FBI people that declared that this was, this, was not, this was not real. This was disinformation by Russia. Turns out he knew damn well that it wasn't when he said it. He knew it wasn't. He knew the laptop was real. And we now know the laptop is real. It is verified. It's legit. Same thing with his daughter's uh, journal. We know that the journal is legit from her own words. The journal in which she documents that Joe Biden was taking showers with her as a kid. All right. We know these things were real. We know that Trump was set up with the whole Russia thing from the beginning with the freaking Steele dossier that was faked and then used to create this entire narrative that people to this day still believe. It was all based on a lie. Trump was set up with it. Trump was set up on January 6th. You had people embedded in the crowd that were there for the sole purpose of egging the crowd on to rile the crowd up. You had cops that were allowing the people to come forward. The whole thing was a setup. They impeached him on that. Biden, who is a flat out liar, caught lie after lie after lie his entire political career. Is there's more evidence of the Biden family corruption than there has ever been about Trump involved with anything. But the media turns their head and they're completely silent. Number one stories on, on CNN yesterday. Here, top five stories. No mention of this thing whatsoever. This is the biggest story going on, trending on Twitter. Number one search on Google. CNN's talking. Oh, they, they got better things to talk about. A company going out of business here. So this is a joke, but I will say, be careful not to fall into this trap of sounding the way the Democrats sounded with, uh, oh, the walls are closing in. This is the beginning of the end. I don't buy it. I'll believe this when I see it because I don't trust so many people on the Republican Party to do the right thing. I don't trust them. So this isn't going to be, aha, this isn't the aha, gotcha moment. Not when you're holding it behind closed doors. Right. A lot more needs to happen here. Biden should have been impeached already. The, the GOP is slow moving their feet. I know when I had D.C. Drano on here uh, last week, he figures that maybe they're holding it for maximum effort when, when we get into 2024 during election season. I say, why are you waiting? Get this guy and impeach him. Do it now. You have the evidence. Let's see it. Play it out and let's go. Don't be holding closed door meetings like this. Get it out in the open. Let the people hear what's going on. So, I, I, again, I think Trump was set up. Biden is a cover-up. That's the way I, I, I see it. And, again, this was the bombshell breaking news that was going on yesterday. Uh, but there, there, there's no celebration here. Number one, we have a president right now that is absolutely corrupt, and he is prosecuting his political opponent. He is going after legally to lock up his number one political enemy. And that's what's happening. And I don't have the faith in the Republican leadership that's in Washington to do the right thing to get us out of this jam and twist this around. Number one, Trump has got to get elected and he's got to have a fair election to do so. That's going to be a monumental task in itself. So if we can get him, you know, to the 
to the freaking ballot because they're trying as much as they can to bring one crime against another against them with these trumped up charges that they keep throwing at them. And they're going to keep trying and keep trying to lock them up. And you know what? If they keep throwing shit against the wall like this sooner or later, something's going to stick. Despite the fact that Trump has been set up from the beginning, it's not going to matter. And then even when they're caught red-handed, oh, we made up the steel dossier. Oh, we bought the steel dossier. We used it knowing it was fake. Then, then the twist around and say, well, you know what? It's justified because Trump is that bad. Trump's that bad that we even, even though we knew that the dossier was fake, and even though we knew he didn't have any ties to Russia, we did it because we're doing it for the benefit of the people because Trump is that bad. And that justifies it. So be careful. There's too many rats or whatever they call it, the swamp, too, too many rats in Washington to think that this is going to go the, the way it should go. So let's see where this goes and how it plays out. All right. I wanted to move on to this story also, too, um, because I, I, I think it tends more to deal with the parents that are in this country. LeBron James started this I Promise school about five years ago. Now, when, it, when he started the school, he was the darling of the media. Everybody was talking about, what. look at this humanitarian LeBron James. Look at what he's doing for his community, the way he's giving back. And I'm going to tell you what, I got to give LeBron James credit for doing this much for getting involved. But again, just like it is when you see LeBron James posing with a Malcolm X book that he ain't reading, or when you see him uh, repeating the lines of Black Lives Matter, the whole thing is always a publicity stunt. And I think, unfortunately, that's what you saw with this school. It was people in his ear telling him, this is what you should do for your public image. This is what should be done. Right. And I think that the effort into this thing faded right after the ground broke or they cut the ribbon for this school. Because in the last, uh, the, the eighth graders that are now in this school, for the last three years, not a single one of the eighth graders has been able to pass a math test. And that's not a mistake in, in, in saying that. It sounds ridiculous to say it. Not a single student that's in the eighth grade has passed a math test in the last three years. The school overall is testing in the bottom 5% of the state of Ohio. Now, this despite the fact that the LeBron James I Promise School receives funding locally, receives funding by the state, Federal and also gets $1.4 million a year from LeBron James's family foundation. All that money from local, state, federal, and the LeBron James Foundation pouring into this school. What's the result? Less than uh, the, the bottom 5% and not one single student passing a math test. But let's get to the bottom line of why this is occurring. And here is the reason why. 49% Almost half, 50%, 49% of children in Akron, Ohio, have no father in the home. Everything starts in the home. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless households. It, it is at the core of everything that is happening with this school. Fathers being in the home is far more important than money being thrown at a school. There's been money thrown at neighborhoods that are decaying, money thrown at schools that are failing, and it never changes anything. It's not going to change. It's the, If you have got a rotten foundation on a home and you keep painting the home every year, the house is still going to collapse. It's still built on a rotten foundation. And when these kids are coming from fatherless households and then you try to change the environment with money and paint on the walls, it doesn't do anything. The nuclear family has got to be restored to these neighborhoods. And you know something? LeBron James 
who God bless him and his family. Uh, his son suffered a heart attack. It looks like it's most likely a byproduct of a, a vaccine. We don't know for sure. We probably never will. Uh, but it's, you know, 18 years old, has a heart attack. LeBron James is a great father. He's a first-class father. I would be honored to have him on my other show, First Class Fatherhood, to talk about his fatherhood journey because I think it's important. I think the most important thing about LeBron James's life is his fatherhood journey because LeBron James is somebody, and I talked to Larry Elder about this. Larry Elder brought it up on, on, on my show when, when he was here a couple weeks ago. And I'll play the clip of Larry Elder talking about it. But I, I think LeBron James, who he is as a father, is far more important than who he is as a basketball player. Listen, listen to Larry Elder break this down. Years ago, I, I, I did a show and I talked about uh, LeBron James, and how he had had a kid outside of wedlock. Uh, and uh, fast forward, he married that woman. Uh, they've had other children. Uh, I've never heard one hint of scandal, uh, yet he never seemed to talk about that. One time when there was a, a black man named Armin Arbery who was shot and killed, uh, uh, LeBron James said something to the effect of black people are afraid to leave the home, as if that happens frequently. It is rare whenever that happens. Instead of talking about the fact that he stepped up, he married the, the mother of his children, he's still married, they've had more children, not one hit of scandal. He never talks about that. Uh, and it, and it's, 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 it's a lost opportunity. It really is. Amen, Larry, right there. And I think LeBron James needs to be an ambassador for fatherhood. When he walks into that school and the kids are like, yay, look, LeBron's here. They know him as this big NBA superstar. They need to know LeBron James as a father. They need to know him as a family man. They need to know him as a married man. They need to know him and that family and fatherhood is the most important thing in his life. Hey, he's got the aspirations to stay in the NBA until he gets a chance to play with his son, Bronny. He wants to share the court with his son. What a dream that would be. Uh, I don't I don't know if that will happen. I mean, I hope I pray that it does for him and for his son. I hope his health will allow it to happen. But this is what he needs to be known for. So again, I think, I think he was told this is what he needs to do for his public image. So he did it. And you could see that the money that's being put into the school doesn't change the results of the outcome. It's not the money. And that's the mistake that I think we continue to make in these downtrodden neighborhoods. We see it all over all these Democrat cities. Look at the Democrat cities. Detroit, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, New York. How much money has been thrown at these cities? How much money has been thrown at them? And nothing has changed. But everybody keeps seeming to think the answer is to throw more money at it. Hey, how much money have we thrown at Ukraine? Has anything gotten better over there? Right? We keep throwing money at the problems. It's not the, it's not the answer. These Democrat cities, they're riddled with fatherless households. And that's the issue. You change that, you change the entire perception, the entire uh, uh, philosophy of the neighborhood. It has to start in the home. That's the thing that everybody needs to be focusing on, and that's what they're missing. It's, it's not a matter of more funding for the school. That ain't going to change anything. All right. Speaking about another uh, absolute just failure as far as a, um, uh, an idol, Cardi B is looked up to by so many young women. You know, we, will, we constantly hear about Andrew Tate is bad for young men. So many people are hard on Andrew Tate, and he's a controversial figure. And I know everyone's interviewed him. You know, I think Candace Owens just had an interview with him. Uh, Tucker Carlson just did the interview with him. So Andrew Tate, I think, is the biggest draw on social media right now. That's why everybody's hungry to get an interview with him. And a lot of people say, oh, Andrew Tate, he's bad for young boys. They shouldn't listen to him. This Cardi B character is far worse for young girls to listen to than Andrew Tate 
could ever wish to be for boys. This Cardi B is, is it's, it's hard to even describe her as trash. It's worse than that. It's so, so worse of what she stands for, what she sing. I wouldn't call it singing, what she talks about. And it's, it's nothing but poison to the minds of young girls in this country. And, and, and it's, it's such a shame that she's elevated to such a high platform. It's like she, she just talks about pornography. For you. It's like listening to pornography in your ear, listening to this uh, Cardi B. But here's why she made the rounds. Over the weekend, people that actually show up to see this woman perform uh, were there at a performance. And she, she's seen on, on, on video throwing a microphone at one of the fans after the fan splashes her with some water. So here's the video. If you guys ain't watching this on Rumble, I'm going to show you the video. I don't think there's too much audio with it, but this is the video. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, jump on over to Rumble and check out the video. I'm sure you've seen it. The damn thing went viral, but here it is. Okay, so we see that the fan splashes the water at Cardi B. Cardi B levels up, fires the microphone down at the girl. Now, just before this, moments before this happened, Cardi B is up on stage and she is encouraging the fans to splash her with water. Now, I got to give you an explicit warning because that's who we're dealing with. But take a look and a, and a watch at this video. This is before that incident happened. Take a look. Splash her down. Get us all the splash on the folk down. Yeah, classy lady there, as you can hear. All right, so she's asking the fans to splash her with water. The MC, or whoever the guy is, the DJ there, is asking the fans to splash her with water. She's saying, oh, splash my you-know-what, because that's the kind of gal she is, and the fans do it, and there's no issue. Then, later on, this girl splashes her with the water, and she fires the microphone at her. Now, here's two things. Number one... She throws the microphone and she's still singing magically like Millie Vanilli style. The music still goes on, even though she's got no microphone in her hand. She's still rapping away because these people are showing up there and they're just listening to a CD or a streaming uh, device. They're not even listening to Cardi B. Not that there's much to listen to, but she's not even performing at the performance that these people are show paying. I'm sure they're paying to show up to watch. Again, this is this is this this girl here is the one that produced the song WAP, right? Wet Ass You Know What, which was the number one song by a female artist. This is a woman that, that, that got to sit down with the President of the United States for an interview. This classy lady. I couldn't even read the lyrics for her music because I'd be embarrassed to do it. And you know what? I, driving a lot of Uber, and a lot of times the kids, they, they sync their phone with your car when you're in Uber so they can play their music through the car. And I drive always, usually, I've always driven on Friday night and Saturday night. And the young girls that like, get in the car and play this stuff and I listen to it, I always ask them, like, you guys listen, think to yourselves like this? Like, you listen to this music and feel good about yourselves? And it's like, oh, no, it's just, they, they shake it off like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, it's just, uh, you know, it's funny or whatever. It's not funny. I have a daughter. The last thing in the world I ever wanted to listen to is this uh, Cardi B. It's not inspirational. It, it does nothing but damage. There, there's no good that can come from, Car listen, you, there's no good that can come from listening to a Cardi B song. I could care less. Oh, the beat is good. Oh, okay. It's got a good beat. And, and then you continue to call yourself a whore a hundred times over again. And just say it over and over again. 
come on. What are we doing here? So anyway, we just saw Jason Aldean get completely attacked by the left for promoting violence. Although his song, Try That in a Small Town, was about protecting his town from violence. But they said, oh, he's promoting violence. Here's a girl, Cardi B, performs an act of violence on a fan. And there's not a word about it. Not a word about it. After encouraging the fans to throw water on her, she bops one with the microphone. So Jason Aldean, oh my God, he's calling for violence. Cardi B performs an act of violence. And there's no, nobody shows up to say anything about it. It's just, oh, look, girl power. Oh, she's standing up for herself. All right, so you see how that goes. All right, the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, and again, again, the microphone disappears, and she's still, uh, she's still going on. Total Millie Vanilli in the act. They would be proud of her. Not even Millie Vanilli was dumb enough to throw the microphone at the fans. Then the jig would be up. But Cardi B threw the microphone away, and we all got a chance to see that she's the phony and the fraud that we kind of knew she was. All right, here's the last one. A naked woman in San Francisco on the highway, on a bridge here, was just firing a gun at random. Here's the video of this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's a lady. Oh, Whoa! You... What the f***? Alicia. She ran out? Yeah, the, the gun's... Uh... Holy dude. Holy sh- I think it became pretty clear immediately she was experiencing some sort of mental health crisis due to the severity of the incident here. There are criminal charges that can be filed. So what we have to do is we have to allow the hospital to do their job, give her the treatment and the help that she needs. All right. And as you hear from the police there, no, no charges have been filed. They have her in a mental health facility. This is a, a mental health issue. Now, she's on the road. Uh, the guys that aren't watching this on Rumble here, she's on the freeway shooting at people at random. At the windows, she's firing away. Now, they're gonna, this is a method. Now, why? your first instinct when you're watching this is the person's videoing it. Why don't you just run this woman over with your car? Drive straight. She had her back turned at one point. Just drive right over her. Why would, she's got a gun, and she's shooting innocent people. Just run her over. You know what I think is in the back of so many people's minds and why they don't do it? Daniel Penny. That's why I think you don't see people do things like that. Because you know what? If somebody would have ran her over, they'd be the ones that would be locked up. They wouldn't be in a mental health facility like this naked young lady was. They wouldn't put the person in a mental... They put them in a slammer. That's where they go. Just where Daniel Penny is. Same thing. Charged with manslaughter. That's what would have happened. So that's why I think people are afraid to even get involved, even though this woman is shooting at people in broad daylight, naked as a jaybird, on a San Francisco freeway. This is what has happened to these Democrat cities. It's the Wild West. And nothing is being, oh, it's just another mental health issue. Let's bring in 30,000 more illegals this weekend. We don't know how many of them are mentally ill, do we? No, we have no idea, but just bring them in. Just keep, keep bringing them in. Pack us in with them. Even though we have, this girl's mentally ill. Look at how many homeless are on the streets of San Francisco. They're either two things, drug addicts or mentally ill. 
There's nothing else they could be. There's not one other option. If you see the homeless on San Francisco or in LA, there's either one of two things. They're drug addicts or they're mentally ill. That's it. There's no third party. That's There's no other question about it. It's not some guy down on his luck, had a bad week, he's living paycheck to paycheck, just needs to find a, a little help and he'll be back on his feet. That ain't the case. That's none of those guys that are living on the street. They're either on drugs or they're mentally ill. And here's one of them. She's probably on drugs and mentally ill as well. And she's shooting at random people. So some random guy driving by is going to get shot in the head or just gets a bullet through the window of his car. And this girl's not even charged yet because, oh, she's got a mental problem. Well, she's had a mental problem most likely on the streets of the city for months, if not years. Why didn't we do anything about it then? Are we going to go address the other mental nut jobs that are on the street now or wait till they start running down the street naked shooting people to address it? Is that how we handle it? No. Certainly not Alvin Bragg in New York. There's no way he would handle it that way. Daniel Penny, who stood up for the people that were, gonna, that were being threatened to be killed on the subway, he stood up and did something about it. And now he's facing manslaughter, locked up, bailed out. Unbelievable. All right, again, uh, th- those are the stories for today. I do have an amazing guest joining me here on Thursday, live on Rumble, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to know who it is, follow me on my Instagram page, at The Alec Lace Show. I'm going to put it up there in my story. So if you guys are interested to find out who will be joining me here Thursday, I'm going to put it up there first for you guys to check out. Don't forget, I am swimming across the, the uh, Hudson River with the Navy SEALs on August 19th. I'm trying to raise money for the Navy SEAL Foundation. Uh, so if you're interested in helping, I would greatly appreciate it. And thank you to those who have. The link is down there in the description of today's podcast episode. It is the most patriotic event in New York City all year long. All the proceeds that are raised goes directly to the Navy SEAL Foundation, which goes directly to the Navy SEALs, their families, the whole bit. Find out more about the foundation and my campaign in the link down below. Again, I will be here Thursday with an awesome guest. Get over to my Instagram page, at The Alec Lay Show. Find out who it'll be. I'm going to post it there in my stories first if you want to check it out. That's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, share the broadcast. We get as many people onto these lives as possible. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please hit me with a rating or review. It goes a long way to help me out. God bless all you listeners out there. God bless our first responders in our military. God bless America. And I will catch you guys on Thursday.